1755, John Wesley decided that he would like a way to reaffirm our commitment to God. So he developed the wording of this service, which has changed slightly, but not very much since that time. And every year through all of those years from 1755, we have celebrated all that God has done for us and affirm and give our lives back to him and give him our choices and our decisions. It's an invitation for people to renew their relationship with God. And the aim of the service is to help people to hear God's offer and God's challenge, and then to provide space for people to respond to that prompt. Yet more than this, the covenant service is not just one-on-one, -on -one, us and God. It's also something that we do and we stand together to do as a whole community of faith. So this service that we're about to commence on now, we are invited to begin this new year in January um, with a reflection of all that God has promised us and an opportunity to renew again our thanks and our commitment to him. Our first reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 10 to 15, followed by Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. Today you are standing in the presence of your, the Lord, your God, all of you, your leaders and officials, your men, women and children, and foreigners who live among you and cut wood and carry water for you. You are here today to enter into this covenant that the Lord your God is making with you and to accept its obligations so that the Lord may now confirm you as his people and be your God as he promised you and your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. You are not the only one with whom the Lord is making this covenant with its obligations. He is making it with all of us who stand here in his presence today and also with our descendants who are not yet born. The Lord says, the time is coming when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judea. I will not be like the old covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. Although I was like a husband to them, they did not keep that covenant. The new covenant that I will make with the people of Israel will be this. I will put my law within them and write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. 
none of them will have to teach a neighbor to know the Lord because all will know me from the least to the greatest. I will forgive their sins and I will no longer remember their wrongs. I, the Lord, have spoken. Sometimes it's difficult to get our head around what covenant really is all about, isn't it? The depth of it. But there is a little known but very beautiful story in the Old Testament that we can find in 2 Samuel 9. The chapters of 2 Samuel tell us of the story of David, the shepherd boy anointed by God. He has become king of Israel following the deaths of the previous king, Saul, and Saul's son and heir, Jonathan. But the story we are looking at today also tells us of another man, and his name is Mephibosheth. Now, we are told if we read this story and read these chapters that Mephibosheth is crippled, lame in both feet. And we are told that he is full of shame and looked down on by society because of his handicap. He has also had all his land and his wealth seized when David became king. His way of living, his inheritance for his family has all been snatched. And thinking that he is going to die at David's hand, he lives in fear, all because of his family's past actions. Now, he is unable to do anything about this situation himself. He finds himself hopeless and helpless. And why? Why is this the case for this man at this time? Well, it's because he was Jonathan's son, Saul's grandson. David, if you remember, had grown up and had been close friends with Jonathan. However, his grandfather, Saul, the king, had tried many, many times to murder David, seeing him as a threat to the throne. There was real reason for fear here, because typically the son or the grandson of a deposed king would be killed by the new regime to ensure that there were no rival claims to the kingdom. But this is where this story is so interesting because that is not what David does. Because David, the king, remembered a promise that he had made to Jonathan. Actually, it was more than a promise really, it was an oath. He swore that he would always show kindness and mercy to Jonathan's family. Remembering this promise, he asks if there is anyone left alive from Saul's family and searches out and finds Jonathan's son. And here's what's really lovely. This is what David does. He carries or has carried Mephibosheth into his presence. He 
opens his arms to him and welcomes him into his own family. He dresses him like a prince, invites him to stay at the palace and to eat from the king's table. And the inheritance that was taken, all the lands that belonged to his grandfather were given back with instructions to servants to work that land because Mephibosheth could not do it himself. And by restoring these lands, David gives Mephibosheth back his dignity, his honor. He gives him a means to earn a living and enables him to provide for his family, not only now, but for future generations. Now, we can ask ourselves why David acted in this way. Main reason was because he loved God and he had God's heart. We, do, we know David as the man of God's own heart, but he also needed to honor his oath, to honor his promise to his old friend. This is a story of love, of compassion, a story that shows us David's heart of grace. And like so many stories that we find in the Bible, this story points to something much bigger than it appears on the surface. This story shows us God's heart of compassion for us. God's special love poured out to us, a love that isn't earned, isn't deserved and can never be paid back. This is God's grace. This is God's promise, God's covenant commitment to us. David demonstrates this grace, which shows us God's heart. God made a covenant with people, with us, the new covenant is the promise that God makes with all of humanity that he will forgive sin and will restore fellowship with those whose hearts are turned towards him through faith in Jesus. I will be their God and they will be my people, God says. And that applies even when we're not looking for him, even when we don't deserve it, even when we can't repay him, even at times when we know that we're not worth it. God's grace, God seeks us and finds us even when we are not looking for it something completely outside of our control. Mephibosheth in our story was in hiding. He was fearful. He wasn't seeking the king, but David found him and drew him to himself, bringing him into a new life. I wonder how many of us were not looking for God, but God did something, sent someone to show us his love and change the course of events for us forever.
God's grace forgives us even when we don't deserve it. David shows compassion to Mephibosheth when humanly there was reason to withhold it. David would have had the right to punish Mephibosheth for the actions of his family. David could have felt under threat from this family. They had tried to murder him many times. But God is a God who forgives. That's what David shows us. And forgiveness is the story of the whole of the Bible. It's the story of Jesus. We sin against God over and over again. And what does God do? He sends us Jesus to bring about our salvation, to pay the debt that we owe, all of it, and to bring us into his family. And God's grace also provides for us when we can't repay him. Mephibosheth had his wealth, his dignity, his honor, and his status freely given back to him. He could never repay David for that. And God gives to us too. He gives us forgiveness, eternal life, his Holy Spirit, his presence. He gives us the church and he gives us each other. And we can never repay the giving of these amazing gifts. All we can do is willingly accept and receive them. And God's grace loves us even when we're not worth it. David literally brings Mephibosheth into his home and his family. What a wonderful picture of what God does for us. We were enemies of God because of sin. We were separated from God and yet God saves us rescues us through Jesus and brings him into his own family, all followers of Jesus, and made heirs to God's kingdom. This is what God does. This is God's part. So now let me ask you a question. What is your part? How do you love a king who treats you like that? Mephibosheth shows us that too. When we become like Mephibosheth, we can understand grace. And being like Mephibosheth means that we realize that we were sought out by the king. It was all from God's sight. It means that we understand what we deserve from the king. And it also means that we humble ourselves in sight of the king. In the story of Mephibosheth, 
Mephibosheth throws himself face down in front of David, humbling himself completely in complete submission to the king, knowing that he deserves absolutely nothing. And being like Mephibosheth also means rejoicing in the words and the presence of the king, enjoying his company and learning from him. It means accepting the free provision that the king gives us. And it also means adjusting our lives to the requests of the king so that we go his way and not ours. Mephibosheth followed and served David with total and absolute dedication, devotion, and a consuming passion. And today, as we come to our covenant service, I'd like us to hold those thoughts in mind, for this is what covenant is. God made a covenant with the people of Israel, calling them to be a holy nation, chosen to bear witness to his steadfast love by finding delight in the law. The covenant was renewed in Jesus Christ, our Lord, in his life, work, death and resurrection. In him, all people, may be set free from sin and its power and united in love and obedience. In this covenant, God promises us new life in Christ. For our part, we promise to live no longer for ourselves, but for God. We meet, therefore, as generations have met before us, to renew the covenant which bound them and binds us to God. Sisters and brothers in Christ, let us again accept our place within this covenant which God has made with us and with all who are called to be Christ's disciples. This means that by the help of the Holy Spirit, we accept God's purposes for us and the call to love and serve God in all our work and life. Christ has many services to be done. Some are easy and some are difficult. Some bring honor and others bring reproach. Some are suitable to our natural inclinations and interests, and others are contrary to both. In some, we may please Christ and please ourselves. In others, we cannot please Christ except by denying ourselves. Yet the power to do all these things is given to us in Christ, who strengthens us. Therefore, let us make this covenant of God our own. 
let us give ourselves to him, trusting in his promises and relying on his grace. Eternal God, in love we seek to do your perfect will. With joy we offer ourselves anew to you. We are no longer our own, but yours. I am no longer mine, but yours. Your will, not mine, be done in all things. Wherever you may place me, in all that I do, and in all that I may endure, when there is work for me, and when there is none, when I am troubled, and when I am at peace. Your will be done when I am valued, and when I am disregarded, when I find fulfilment, and when it is lacking, when I have all things, and when I have nothing. I willingly offer all I have and am to serve you as and where you choose. Glorious and blessed God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. May it be so forever. Let this covenant now made on earth be fulfilled in heaven. Amen. We come to our time of sharing together. It's very difficult to do communion um, over the internet, but we can share bread and we can share wine in an act of remembrance of all that Jesus has done. God, our Father, fountain of goodness, creator of all that is, you have made us in your own image. You give us life and reason and love for one another, setting in our hearts a hunger for you. In the fullness of time, you came to us in love and mercy in Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. He lived amongst us declaring your forgiveness and revealing your wisdom. For us, he suffered and died upon the cross and you raised him from the dead. Through him, you sent your Holy Spirit to be the life and the light of your people, gathered together in every time and every place to glorify your holy name. Lord, you taught us how to remember all that you have done for us 
and all your promises to us. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks and broke it, gave it to his disciples saying, take this and eat it. This is my body for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, we obey your command with this bread and this cup in our homes today. This bread and this cup by which we recall your death and your resurrection, the source of our life and our salvation. May we remember always your promises and also the promise that we have made to you this day. So in unity, we eat together the body of Christ broken for you, the body of Christ broken for me. The blood of Christ shed for you and the blood of Christ shed for me. Father God, we come and we thank you that despite us being in many different homes, in many different places, that we can join together and we can celebrate all that you mean to us. In unity, Lord, even though we are separate, we come before you to say thank you. And we ask, faithful God, that we may feel strengthened in our relationship with you and with each other. Guide us on our way, that we may be your faithful people. We have come this far. Bring us together to share the feast of your eternal kingdom through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
in this podcast is adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Teambridge Methodist Circuit Coastal Section. Full videos can be viewed on their YouTube channel. Music is taken from worship audio tracks, all rights reserved. <laughs>